Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I have different guests who discuss some of the most novel and interesting challenges and issues that employers and business owners are facing today during these trying times. And in the spirit of my show and uh, having interesting and dynamic guests, I'd like to welcome to the show this evening, uh, Damon Pistolka, co-founder and managing director of Exit Your Way. Damon, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me today. Yep, it's a pleasure to have you on, on this evening. I know we have an interesting topic that I think would be quite relevant for our audience listening tonight. Um, so I'll just mention a little bit more about you, and then we can get into the topic and questions, if that sounds good to you. Sounds great, Eric. Thanks. All right, you're welcome. So as I said, everyone, my guest this evening is Damon Pistolka, co-founder and managing director of Exit Your Way. So Damon helps business owners to translate goals into results that generate wealth, and he's focused on identifying and executing opportunities to increase business revenue, profitability, and value. Damon Pistoka grew up on a large Midwestern family farm and worked his way through college, earning a mechanical engineering degree. After college, Damon worked in technical and managerial roles, including designing, building, and operating facilities. Damon led businesses in retail automation, custom fabricated metal products, advanced aerospace components, and high-tech devices. Ultimately, Damon developed his skills as a business leader and improvement specialist. With over 20 years building and managing businesses in extreme conditions and diverse industries, Damon's drive to help clients reach their goals helps them crush competitors and dominate markets. And the proven framework Damon and the Exit Your Way team developed and used successfully in private equity and investor-owned companies is used to increase Exit Your Way clients' results and business value. In the sale of client businesses, the Exit Your Way team utilizes the intimate knowledge of the private equity buyer's desires and client businesses to clearly articulate the investment opportunity so that buyers see the true value. One of Damon's favorite quotes is, if you are going to go through the countless hours of work, do what it takes to be your best. So Damon, once again, I'm really, I think we have a glad to have you on tonight. And I um, also want to share with our audience, our listeners out there, what our topic is, and then we can get to our questions. So should be. All right. Well, sounds good. Thanks so much for the introduction. I just realized I need to cut that down by about two thirds. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, it just fits in the, you know, I find the intro is a great, like it's a good round way, but um, I think it was, it was right on the money, but, but when yeah. you hear it, good to keep in mind. But uh, our topic tonight though, is employment considerations for a business sale. And really yeah. we're talking about, right, the topic of when selling a business, many owners look to the state of their inventory or their profits and losses and making sure that any tax liens and outstanding credit issues are squared away. Now that's all well and good. But in order to sell your business for a maximum profit, the seller must also make sure that their employee affairs are in order. <clears throat> are there outstanding challenges to the existing non-compete agreements? Might these agreements need to be revised? Is the company in compliance with federal, state, and municipal labor and employment laws? Are there Department of Labor inquiries resolved? And what about preempting potential lawsuits from disgruntled student-to-be former employees? So this evening on Employment Law Today, my um, guest, a very knowledgeable and business savvy Damon Pistolka of Exit Your Way, and I will discuss the myriad of employment and business related aspects of preparing a business for sale or acquisition. Um, a must see show, I think, for all business owners who may sell their company either now or at a future date. And, you know, as an employment law attorney, this topic is very near and dear to my heart as well. So, um, all right. So, I guess my first question for you, uh, Damon, is just, if you can tell our audience, our listeners, a little bit more about yourself, mainly, you know, what inspired you to choose a career in business and to form your consulting firm, Exit Your Way? Well, thanks. It, you know, what really um, inspired me to ch choose a career in business is, I, you know, I went to school for mechanical engineering, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, I realized soon that I like to lead people, and that really drove me into um, leading leadership roles throughout the manufacturing companies I worked in. And then ultimately 
I I was able to work with investment owners to help them build value and sell their companies. So we were buying and selling companies for investment owners, private equity groups, and holding companies. And when I was doing that, I, I really, really, really enjoyed the process of you know building value, creating a company that has exitable value. And and selling those businesses, and uh, you know, in the in the investment world, contrary to you know me being a private owner of a business in the investment world, they look at it going in, knowing a business is worth X, and we have to take it to Y to make our return in the next five years or seven years, whatever it is. Right. And I really like that uh, I, because it gives you goals, um, and it it really allows you to quantify what we have to do by when. And and let you you know put a timeline around it and the strategies and things you need to do. And when I was at uh, in one of the first acquisitions or the the sales, not acquisitions, the sales we sold to a large strategic customer or buyer, um, we built a company and did that. I, I realized that I want to do this for companies, and I was in my mid thirties, and it took me almost fifteen years to to actually get around to doing it. But that's really what started is the desire to be able to help business owners grow these businesses to values that they often don't think they can or hadn't considered they could, and then selling them. And so they can take that money and do whatever they want next. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. Like a lot of times, you know, people are asked why they got into their field or why they're passionate about it. And, you know, what I hear you talk about are some things like, you know, characteristics and traits of what you do, you know, right? the goals, you know, being able to quantify where you need to be and then having this kind of cool goal to work towards and, and strategizing. And, and then of course, the reward of knowing that you helped a client, you know, a customer of yours, client of yours um, to reach that goal and to sell their business and, and then do what they like. And, you know, I can definitely identify with a lot of that in terms of like what I like about employment law, just the fact that we've got certain goals and strategies of how we achieve those goals and there's a reward at the end, a light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, going back to what you were saying, um, it's interesting that, you know, you that found your way to like this niche area with those interests in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it it is. I really enjoy being able to help, help these business owners do something that they might not have other been otherwise been able to do. Right. Well, you definitely hear your passion, Damon, you know, which I, always a fan of because I, you know, it's great to hear that. And, um, you know, it kind of takes us to this topic in a way because the topic, I think that um, when business owners are looking to sell, they need to know about different employment considerations. So I guess my next question for you to segue into it would be, how are recent events like the inflation, inflation rather, the great resignation, the workplace changes, how do you think they're impacting business owners who are considering selling their business? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, it, a few, obviously many ways. First of all, let's start in many ways. You know, we start with inflation, right? Um, inflation to your eye, yeah, that stinks when you go to the grocery store and you got to pay so much more for a gallon of milk or, or some other type of food you're buying. It stinks. But when you, when you compound inflation over millions and millions of dollars, it makes a significant difference in the amount of capital you have to outlay to buy businesses. And so it re, it limits the buying power of buyers and it reduces the overall return for them because they're paying more towards interest, which therefore cuts some of the businesses out of contention to be purchased because say my business is uh it could be very profitable but to a, to a reasonable extent i could be very happy with the profit but when i look at that from the next buyer the investment buyer that comes in to do it they're going to take out a large loan they're going to put in some some equity alongside some cash alongside of that loan but right. ultimately that size of that loan and that monthly payment that they have to do for the next five or 10 years, whatever they're doing mm-hmm. um, is determined a lot by interest. Mm-hmm. And that really, and that interest eats into their returns. Well, to their investors, they have return goals that they have to do. So they can't just go out and, mm-hmm. and invest in a company that the return is going to be subpar for what they expect. I mean, they have to be at their goal or better on their, their investments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really the inflation eats into that. So it makes some of the businesses not acceptable to investment buyers. 
or certain investment buyers. That's that's where inflation and the interest rate heights and everything really, really, really hurts uh, the buyer's power and the seller's uh, ability to sell their businesses at this time. Um, good businesses still bought and sold. There's businesses bought and sold every day and good economies, bad economies. But this does sure. affect those on the margins. Um, when you talk about the the great resignation and workplace changes, I think, mm-hmm. you know, the inflation, that's a numbers thing. It's yeah. easy to con- quantify what that is. But the things that we see from buyers now in regards to the great resignation is what what is your turnover rate? Which that wasn't one of the first questions that was asked before. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is such in some businesses, it's significant, right? And 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 then the second question that comes around to that too is what's the average age of your workforce? Because we're still up against the baby boomers retiring. And in some industries like manufacturing, we work a lot in manufacturing. That's a, in some of those um, manufacturing business, it's an older workforce, right? Mm. Well, what's the age and where, you know, who are in your key positions? Mm-hmm. And, and they look at that both ways, old, young, there's, there's all kinds of analysis that gets done now on this, uh, on your personnel that was not being done two years ago, like it is Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the first part of that. So the, and the workplace changes. The other thing that, that really the whole remote hybrid uh, debate or whatever you want to heck, whatever the heck you want to call it. Sure. The companies that have been able to embrace a, a healthy balance of remote and hybrid work, depending mm-hmm. on position, you know, trying to build the teams the way that they want to. Yeah. The ones that have developed that and really embrace that, hey, there could be a new way of working, have really changed their talent pool. Yes. Because, you know, uh, you can you can hire somebody across the country or, you know, in the next time zone e- fairly easily mm-hmm. uh, if they can re- work remotely. And I know some of these people are even willing to fly in once a month for a few days or whatever. And there's, there's mm-hmm. companies that are doing all different kinds of things, but that the remote or, or the hybrid uh, workforce gives you so much more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, all really good points there, Damon. Wow. I think very <clears throat> good details. And I, I definitely hear you on the last two points with, you know, the great resignation and how buyers looking at employee turnover and wondering, you know, like if that's going to be, you know, might that eat into the company's, let's say, profits because they're spending a lot of money on uh, retraining and rehiring and vetting and recruiters, right? You know, like will say productivity be stifled, you know, by turnover rates? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of other factors that I think, to your point, weren't being asked as much two years ago. And definitely your point about the hybrid, you know, remote workforce. Um, or how we want to define it. Um, I think that's a good point too, that if a company can, you know, make sure they're complying with the employment labor laws, they always tell them that, right? Make sure if you're in certain states with, you know, laws against non-competes, you're, you're on, on top of that. And if you've got um, certain, you know, wage and error laws in place for that state, make sure you're paying the right amounts over time, et cetera. But if they can get that underway successfully, the talent pool, you know, definitely increases. And, you know, believe it or not, we are a little bit past our first commercial break. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, I definitely want to talk more about this and other questions with you. So uh, just let our, our audience know, you're listening to Employment Law Today right here on Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Our guest tonight, Damon Pistoka, co-founder of Exit Your Way. When we come back, Damon and I will be talking about more employment-related considerations and factors for company owners that are planning to sell their business. And we'll talk about getting those affairs in order. So stick around. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sovert. I'm an employment law business law attorney out here in New York City and joined tonight by our guest, Damon Postalka. Damon is the founder, co-founder rather, and managing partner of Exit Your Way, a consulting firm that helps companies to prepare for and sell their business. It helps with mergers and acquisitions. Um, a lot of a lot of good stuff here. So, you know, I got to say, Damon, <clears throat> your response to that last question, like right on the money, in my opinion, um, especially what I found interesting is that with the with inflation cutting into certain say certain profits and making companies harder for the buyer and the seller, um, higher, harder for buyers to buy, harder for sellers to sell. Because often you hear about you know different economic factors <clears throat> and how like they make let's say a buyer like a buyer's market real estate, and often then it's you know the sellers on the sort of the the short end of the stick or vice versa. Right, you've got certain issues and trends in real estate where there's a seller's market. The buyers are having a harder time. But I feel like with inflation, like, and it's probably cuts into real estate too, but here when the sale of a business, um, because of those issues you mentioned, you know, the interest rates and cutting into profits, it, it hurts both sides. And so, yeah. right. And this is, I think, a good point, you know, to, to bring out. So, Yeah, it is. It is hurting both sides. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know, with the um, the great resignation and those questions, what came to mind is I don't think a lot of, uh, our audience may have been thinking about that question about, you know, employee turnover in the workforce being a factor that uh, potential investors and buyers are looking at. But I think it's a good point to raise as well. Oh, it's it's a big factor in, yeah. well, especially in investment buyers, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's important for any buyer. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact of the matter is, is businesses – boil down the value of a business boils down to the people that work there because they're the ones that make it happen. They're the ones that drive the value of that business, whether it's performs marginally performs very well performs, you know, however it's depending on those people and, and that uh, smart buyers and and smart business owners know that. And you can tell that when you walk into a business and you talk to the people and, and, and that's not just me. That's, you know, someone that's going to buy a business when they go to do an interview with, with some of the key people, if that's what they do, they'll be able to tell that. Yep. That is true. You know, I know this, the, the trend these days is really to recognize the value of uh, in a workforce that has high employee morale and lower turnover and productivity. I think more and more businesses are realizing that, it's it's not just about you know doing the right thing by your employees, which is very important, of course, but it's mm-hmm. for your own profitability and for the value of your business. And I think that's really important to note. Um, it kind of brings me to the next question, which is really tied into this, but it's sort of you know about what are some other let's say maybe some employment related considerations, other ones for company owners like they plan to sell their business and what kind of employment related factors they'd be thinking about. 
Well, it, the the one that I I mentioned just briefly before, you know, the the age of the workforce is a big thing that we have a lot of people talking about now. Yeah, commenting either good or bad. It can be, mm-hmm. in in some cases, uh, you know, too young, too old. Uh, or it just places more risk on the business, right? Mm-hmm. If I look at if I if I'm at either end of the spectrum, <clears throat> if I have a lot of people in the middle of the spectrum. Yep. It's, uh, you know, I'm much, much less risky because I can either have a, a, a risk of retirement or risk of, of well, some people think it's perceived risk of the great resignation being easier with young people. But I, I don't believe that. I think it's across the board. But uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so it's it's really that's some of the things that uh, is rather new now and, and more prominent. But some of the other things that you really need to know about if you're going to be selling a business are who your key employees are that you said, listen, this is my right-hand person. If she wasn't here, I'm in trouble. So how do I really, I mean, A, is it the right person? Are they really engaged in the business or are they engaged with me? Mm-hmm. Would they be here beyond me? And, and if so, do my incentives, do my, uh, Cont, if I got an employment agreement with them, all does that help to incentivize them mm-hmm. with the things that it's, is important to them to stay with the business after the sale? Yep. Yeah, I think that's very important, right? I think that's something that the buyers look for as well and people that are going to stay on. Um, oh, I hear that. And something I've been seeing with my clients these days who want to keep and retain good talent this and they can do it in various ways, you know, through good salaries and compensation, through um, through equity uh, incentives, equity plans, and you know, giving a, a say a, an employee um, stock in a company and an S corp, mm-hmm. C corp, or giving them membership ownership units in an LLC that may vest over time. So you can say, you know, if an employee stays for one year, they'll get this many percentage, or two years, and you know, et cetera, five year plan. Um, but I think you're right, and I think it also comes back to that age, you know, thing which you know, employers may not be able to talk about and ask their employees about, but investors and buyers are looking at because, and as you mentioned, if, you know, if you've got a high, mainly uh, a boomer age generation working in the industry in a, in a particular company, then buyers might know that they might be headed for retirement and then there's going to be replacements necessary and retrainings and and such. And so, and same thing, of course, the younger end of the spectrum. Um, I don't know when I kind of became in the middle of the spectrum, but, you know, I went to a family function, a family gathering on last week, and I recognized that the generations all shifted. I thought back to the, you know, years and years ago when I was in the younger pool, and now I see these, you know, upcoming yeah. kids who are in college and, you know, looking at me the way I looked at my aunts and uncles back in the whatever, like yes. 30 years ago. But it is funny to see that. But, um, but um, you know, I think that's a good point. And I think also um, wondering what you think about like non-compete agreements in terms of, is that a factor that companies need to look at when they're selling? Well, it is. In, in the right industries, they're really important. In, in some, and, and some, and the other thing is sometimes people, A, they don't use them at all, which I think is, is wrong, or they use them too much, which I also think is wrong because, you know, what what really is there there's you get to a point that's not really going to hurt and why do you even worry about it um and another thing too is and i don't even know how this works you know better and you probably can explain it but what do you do when you have remote workers that are in states where employment uh non-competes are really not enforced the same way or maybe you can't have them or or different things like that yeah that's an issue i see a lot you know damon it's funny and something that I've been talking about in recent webinars and seminars with people um, because, you know, at different states, you might have to look at the state laws and decide if your company has an existing non-compete they've been using, let's say a template in the last five years. Well, now you're hiring more workers, maybe in, you know, Illinois or Maine or Washington, right? and you've got to make sure that, you know, if they're not at that minimum salary threshold, <clears throat> according to those state laws, it's not enforceable. So you may want to look at that. As you were saying, David, maybe you want to be more selective as to whom you're giving those non-competes to hire, you know, paid employees or some actual competitive threat. And also if it's a state like California, which does not no longer allows very non-competes in most circumstances, only a few exceptions. Um, you might want to realize that with those employees that work in California and live there remotely, 
you've got to take it off the table and, and really beef up your non-solicitation agreement and your confidentiality clause and your you know protection of proprietary information. So um, I think you know all good good points to be like thinking about and talking about why you know people consult with you know folks like you and folks like me when looking to sell a business, really. Yeah, those are great points. You brought up something that I didn't think about too, is that where you can't use a non-compete, there are other things that you can do and change to be able to get similar type of protection or some of the protections that you want. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've been, you know, you've been working on stuff, I'm sure a lot lately in this field and I've been working on this a lot too. So it's been like a top of mind for me. How can I help my clients with non-competes? And I'm sure you have a lot of, you know, these different sales and thinking about inflation and great resignation mm-hmm. and so forth so um no i think you know definitely important stuff for people to just be aware of and you know and i think like you know being aware of the compliance with the federal and state labor employment laws because yeah maybe not if you're selling a company and that company gets hit with a, a large six-figure fine from the department of labor because they misclassified you know 10 yep. of their workers right that's going to eat into the value of that company and what it sells for if it's yeah, you know, and, and you know, the, all the reasons that you gave above when we got started here, I was thinking through them as you're saying, and we've run into all of them, I think. Oh, really? uh, but this is, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and the Department of Labor kind of thing is one that we just ran in a couple of years ago that somebody mm-hmm. was actively, actively, and, and I mean, it wasn't, it's not even major with the Department of Labor. This compliance is really important because mm-hmm. uh, A, it's it's an outstanding risk and those kind of risks don't go away for the buyer they carry along mm. with the business and could so they have to be settled before mm-hmm. you really can sell a business so keeping that compliance and then the things like are you doing your fmla i think i'm saying it right you went over yep. 50 employees and yep. and are you in compliance with that and and have you had any problems with it cuz that we just ran into that a few weeks ago and a company mm. had just gone across the threshold and that the buyer wanted to make sure that they had everything in order. And thank goodness we did an HR audit before and had it all, all fixed. But yeah, so <laughs> many things can pop up. Right, right. That's, I think, you know, and they're really good, good points there. And yes, it's part of the, the preparation is to make sure, you know, it's funny, we have a question from a listener. Thank you, Don, for uh, elevating that to our attention. Lance Knob asked, uh, Damon is, and maybe we can answer this after the commercial break, but we'll come mm-hmm. back and answer last question, which is, uh, Damon, is there an objective way to evaluate the culture of a business, i.e. either on the buy side or sell side? So before you answer that question, why don't you think about it? We'll take a quick break. Um, Lance, thank you so much for writing in and listening tonight. Yes, Lance. Um, yeah, we're, li- we're watching and listening to Employment Law today um, with our guest, Damon Pistolka of Exit Your Way. So stick around. We'll answer Lance's question in a few minutes. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney here in New York, and I'm joined tonight by our guest, Damon Postolka. Um, Damon, once again, is the uh, co-founder and managing director of Exit Your Way. <clears throat> and we're talking tonight about employment considerations for self-business and really getting into it with some great uh, examples and great, um, I think, insights from, from Damon. And, and we also had a great insight from one of our listeners in the audience out there from um, from Dr. Lance Nub. Lance is uh, both a physical therapist and also runs uh, a consulting business, Denali Consulting, for businesses looking to thrive and prosper and and, and find balance and, and success. So, so Lance asked a um, good question. Uh, the, again, to repeat for those who just joined us, uh, Lance Nob's question, Damon, is there an objective way to evaluate the culture of a business, i.e. either on the buy side or sell side? Hmm. Yeah, it's a great question from Lance there. And and there are, there are. I, I, I the, A specific one does not come to mind. I've heard people talking about them. We use different ones to evaluate overall the human capital component in a business in the valuation when you talk about um, a lot of the factors, you know, degrees, years of experience, um, succession plans for key positions. There's all kinds of things that we have um, literally well over 100 questions when we're doing some evaluations on businesses that talk about people and asking asking questions. And I know they do the same types of things with culture to then boil it down into a numeric score almost and, and tell you in the areas of culture what where you're doing well and where you're not. I think I muted there. <clears throat> yep, very true. And I think those are all good factors. And, you know, to further uh, respond to Lance's question, there are uh, firms out there, they're sort of a cross between HR consulting firms and internal branding firms, like that try to, you know, look at, say, like employee morale, and they have their own uh, sort of uh, tests, as I think they mentioned, criteria, like a score they can do based on, uh, they look at employee turnover, they look at how many employees have filed internal or external complaints over the years with, let's say, the EOC or um, the New York State Division of Human Rights or some other entity. And they look at the uh, longevity of employees at the place. And they also just will do surveys on, you know, pe people's impression of the of the work that they're, they're doing. So, you know, but, but also important, right, because a company or business with a good, solid, healthy culture will most likely have not have some of the breakdowns that a business or company, you know, with a toxic or dysfunctional culture has. I see that again and again, you know, with litigation and employment litigation, Lance. I see that companies that get sued a lot repeatedly, there's often a systemic problem with how they treat and interact with their employees and also a poor communication. Like communication breakdowns, a big, big challenge, more than just a good song. By Zeppelin. So, um, but you know, thank you, Lance, for writing in. It's a great question, and uh, appreciate Damon's answer on that. Um, it kind of brings me to another question, which is really talking about. It's actually kind of what we're talking about tonight. Like, you know, a listener might be hearing this and saying, "Well, you know, is, is it sufficient enough for me as a business owner to have just good inventory, good cash flow, and no tax liens or no credit? You know, why is this so important? Like, we know what the factors are, but how do they really, how could they really impact the sale of my business, these employment factors? Yeah, it will kill the deal. Mm. It's that simple. You know, if, you know, it, uh, all your compliance kind of things, they have to be in order. It's just don't, don't even try to sell a business. If you've got, you know, mm. outstanding lawsuits or, or things that aren't resolved, you're just going to need to wait until they're done anyway, because you yeah. can't limit the risk for the buyer and they're going to, their lawyers are going to snag up on it anyway, even if they wanted to do it, their lawyers are going to tell them no, no, no. And if they're an investment buyer, even worse, cause they all, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's legal ramifications if they would buy you at that point. So, you know, you really have to make sure that if those things can be taken care of, they are taken care of. And if you have something that is, you just, you just can't take care of it you're going to need to find a good lawyer that understands deals and employment law to make sure that they can somehow uh, structure something that segregates that risk from the buyer completely, um, no matter what. 
And, yep. and that's really what they have to do. Um, but the around, when you talk about a company's employment rated, related affairs, like you asked, mm-hmm. I come back again to human capital. And, and I don't like to, you know, I don't talk about people as in numbers, but overall, the value of your people, how good your people are, has a tremendous difference on the value of your business. And that's, that's what I think, um, you know, when I look at employment related affairs, I think, uh, do they have a good recruiting process? Do they have a good onboarding process? The other thing that, that, that buyers do now that they never did 10 years ago Mm-hmm. is they're going to look to all the review sites, um, Glassdoor. They're going to look at Glassdoor. I can't tell you how many times people, well, though this one employee said something on Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at Google reviews. They're going to look at any kind of review they can find on your company. So if you got half mm-hmm. a dozen employees that were venting on Glassdoor about the fact mm-hmm. that you got a toxic workplace or, you yeah. know, that blah, 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 whatever it is, those kind of things are going to rip you up when it comes to that point. So you got to deal with them head on and take care of them. But this employment related affairs is so much larger than just do, am I in compliance? It's more, am I creating a good work environment? Do I, do I have a good onboarding process? Do I, do I even, I mean, are we, are, do people like working here? I mean, it comes down mm-hmm. to that kind of thing. And they feel that people feel that when you walk into businesses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is like 100% what I've been telling clients. And they're usually pretty receptive to this. They realize that, you know, how important this is um, to have not just compliance. Compliance sort of is, in my opinion, the floor. It's the bare basic minimum yeah. that you really need, right? You know, to have, well, a functioning business and also a profit and also to be, uh, to have potential to be, to be sold and bought. But you know, to your point, Damon, it's it's so much more than that, right? It is that culture. It is that, you know, that um, the general feel you get walking in. And I love what you said about Glassdoor and all these other sites. You know, it makes really the due diligence for the buyer much easier than it was maybe in, you know, 2002 or 2010 even, because there are so many sites now dedicated to employees' uh, experiences at the, at the workforce. And it kind of, and it circles back. And I think they're all very much related too, because if you have um, a company that says, hey, we're in compliance and that, you know, we, we hired an employment lawyer and we're following all the employment laws and we have, look, there's no Department of Labor issues or audits, investigations. Um, but if they have an unhappy workforce and you're seeing six, eight, 10 complaints on Glassdoor, that to me shows that eventually that toxic workforce is gonna, going to blow up in some form mm-hmm. of fashion. And so that could be mm-hmm. in the form of lawsuits, you know, for constructive discharge or, you know, harassment or what have you. Um, and people often, you know, often it's hard to separate out uh, abuse in a workplace from, you know, one's background. And that could be a whole cause of action on discrimination. So, you know, I think it's just very, very spot on that, um, you know, it will kill the deal, as Damon said, just point blank, right? You know, if, if you're not... Yeah. And so you got to get those affairs in order. It's not just about, I mean, sure, selling a business and being uh, profitable. Yeah, you have to look at cash flow and your goodwill and, you know, no tax liens and all. But the employment piece is a big part. That's, I think, a big part of our show tonight. So, hmm. yeah, you know, and it is, I tell you, the best, the best uh, success we have is when owners really feel good enough about the team of people, the culture they've created, mm-hmm. uh, that they brag about the team of people. They say mm-hmm. our team, you know, this, the, the people I got here, they do it. Mm-hmm. They're way better than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just give them the tools and they're doing things mm-hmm. I never thought we could do. When you hear things like that coming out of an owner's mouth and, and you know, the compliance, like I said, has to be there. But when you hear someone that's an owner, uh, and in a business talking about their, the, the people they have working there like that, mm-hmm. you know, that we've got a, a little something special beyond, yeah, they come to work. They like it. You know, when you come into a business and they see mm-hmm. there may be three different family members that work in different parts of the business because they all thought it was a great place to work. Right. You know, these kind of things that you see, or somebody has got two of their friends that came in and work and, and, when you see those kind of things happening, you realize that I'm not going to refer, you know, my best friend to come work in the other department if I think it's a bad place to work. And, sure. and uh, that's, that's one of those things that really shows up. So. 
Yeah, you know, and this is like where <clears throat> it takes, you know, a lot of people. It takes an employment lawyer, it takes an HR consultant, it takes, you know, folks like Damon and Exit Your Way, it takes people like Lance, you know, who are you know, business consultants to really help. And mm-hmm. Lance actually has a comment, I think it says, um, reading it from, uh, from, from Dylan, forwarding our way. Thank you, Dylan. Lance says, very cool. I agree. Thank you. I was introduced to a man who created a software and he cited his objective score, which could actually increase the value of the business. I was curious if you have seen this scenario, like an objective score of sorts. That's something that's you've come across in your uh, experience? There's a lot of people that have scores on different things mm-hmm. in, in how well your business is doing. And it, and it could, in some cases, definitely make a difference if your buyer is aware of the kind of testing and, and believes in the kind of testing that you're doing um, and that score itself. Um, okay. What we find is that that is good for the buyers that know, but a lot of buyers aren't going to understand that that specific thing. Um, but if it's a good test, if that software is doing a good job of doing it, you will see it in the performance of the business. You will feel it in when you're talking to people. You will feel it in the way that customers are treated. And mm-hmm. buyers can certainly sense that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, right. Absolutely. And there's a, there's an objective, you know, criteria you can use. There's also the subjective, just the, the, the impression that people get when they're, you know, um, <clears throat> Going into a place, <clears throat> pardon me, to look around, investigate. Pardon me, get some water here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's a feeling. Uh, yeah, there's definitely that feeling too. So you know, really well, great, great topic tonight. Um, we are close to our commercial break, so I'm going to just jump in a little early, get some more. What I've been talking on Zoom and phone calls, I realized from about 10 a.m. this morning until uh, shortly before the show. So I'm going to get a little water. But what I will say is that. Um, folks listening tonight, you're watching and listening to Employment Law Today. And our topic is, of course, employment considerations for a business sale with our guest, Damon Pistoka of Exit Your Way. When we come back, we'll talk more about Exit Your Way's uh, philosophy and how they distinguish themselves from other consulting firms and how they do what they do. So stick around. And Lance, thank you so much for your questions. And we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, folks, to Employment Law Today. I'm now your hydrated uh, host, Eric Sauver, Employment Law Business Law Attorney. Our guest tonight, Damon Vistolka, um, from Exit Your Way. It is kind of funny. I realize a lot of what I do, I do a lot of reading and writing and research as part as an attorney, but a lot of speaking. Um, and so today was one of those days just so. My voice is in good shape, though. I got some water here and we're good to go. Um, and Damon, you know, my question for you is really just asking, like, 
how does you given us so much by the way so far really great information i appreciate your you know your, your, the, the thoughtfulness of your responses and you know how we're covering this topic and so it kind of brings me to my next question which is how does exit your way work with business owners who are looking to build and sell their business and what methods or philosophy distinguish exit your way from you know other firms that provide a similar service all right well that's it's a big question there <laughs> so yeah. i'll, br I'll break it down to yeah, I'll, I'll break it down into a few things sure. first of all you know we our mission is is we know if we help enough people we'll have all the business that we ever want mm -hmm. and so we focus we start there really is to educate and inform business owners and executives on the kind of things that they should be doing to really build valuable and exitable businesses. Because if you're doing that, the fundamentals of that will make sure that you're making more money today and they will be worth more when you're, you're ready to do whatever. I mean, we, we all will deal with a business exit of some sort someday, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And the more we, prepare and build these higher valuable high value exitable businesses the better off we're going to be so educating and informing is where we really start because that's um it allows, allows people to make informed decisions really because you know when you're looking at something like the the sale of the business whether it's i need to you know get some things done to prepare for the sale or I, I have to increase the value before I sell, or I need to just sell my business. These aren't things that people think about uh, every day, you know, specifically around growth, maybe that's some, you know, cause growth and profitability growth that you, you, people think about that. But when you think about the specific things that you need to prepare for sale, like the fact that if I have a business one size, my management team should look like this. And if I have a business that's another size, my management team should look much different. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the size of businesses, and I'll tell you a really good example about that. And the size of businesses that we work with, if, if say I've got a million dollars in profit and I'm going to sell into like a search fund buyer, which means that someone's going to have a CEO that has backers behind them, basically, that's a search mm -hmm. fund buyer. Well, my business just needs to have a really good management team and you have to have a, a marketing and sales plan that's underway that they can walk into and then execute for the next, you know, 12 months. And they're going to learn and take over and build the next plans and move the business on after that. Right. Well, if I've got a business that's got like five to 10 plus million dollars in profitability, in order to really sell that to maximum value, I'm probably going to be selling it into a bigger company. So I better have an executive management team that can develop and execute a five-year growth strategy for that company without the owner's involvement. Yes. And this is much different because in the first case, the owner can be the CEO. That's just mm -hmm. fine. In the second case of the bigger, bigger business, the owner needs to be out of the business really at a board level to do that. So, you know, mm -hmm. the, the educating these people about these little intricacies that can, that can make millions of dollars of difference in the long-term value they can extract from these businesses is really, um, that's the kind of stuff that we want to educate and inform people about mm. uh, because Come, going down the road, I mean, they can do it or, or or we can help them or whatever is the right thing. But, you know, we, we want people to understand this. Yeah. Um, and and some of the some of the other things that we really are, are quite honest with people, too, is that you may have a very profitable business that you're not going to be able to sell. Mm. So don't waste your time trying to sell it, mm -hmm. you know, unless you really want to. Right. But that's that's one of the things that we really work with business owners to go, Hey, maybe selling a business is not your best course going forward. Not that strategy. You know, right. and, and yeah, the strategy, like in law firms, big deal, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? If, 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 if I have a law firm and it's it, the law firm said Pistolka law firm, Mm -hmm. And I'm the one with the relationship with the customers or I got, I've won some huge cases and people pay me a gazillion bucks to go into their cases. Right. Without me, that law firm's not worth mm -hmm. very much. Right. So my best, my best long-term interest of that law firm is to, you know, 
run it for as long as I feel like it, extract mm. as much money as I can, mm -hmm. maybe have it. So at the end, I, I, I give what clients that want to move to another firm, just mm. let that firm take over those clients, pay me a little residual on it and walk mm. away. Don't waste your time trying to sell yeah. the whole practice because you're going to just get disappointed. You know, mm. there's, there's things that you can really help people to get them to their goals. Because in the end, you know, it's about what does that business owner want to do? What do they want to look like? What kind of legacy do they want to leave? Hmm. So we talk a lot about legacy when we're talking with business owners. It's it's yeah. one of those things that you just, you really have to, to let them lead. The strategy is led by their goals. And hmm. that's really what we we do in all of our work. And then when you talk about, methods, philosophies, anything that really distinguishes from other people is um, there's not very many people that combine the consulting and the business sales like we do. Uh, right. And, and that's, that's one of the distinguishing things. And the fact that we've, we've managed and actually ran a lot of, of the business, the types of businesses that we help, yeah. we're hands-on people when it comes to helping the businesses, our team, the people we work with. I mean, we, we, we've been there and done that in a lot of cases yeah. and, and can really get people to the results faster. And that's, you know, that's why when we talk about what we do, you know, we do what we do in 18 to 36 months, but we typically can quadruple the value of a company and, and, uh, and get, and get people out for more than they thought they could. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a matter of that goal, setting those goals with that, with that owner and executing the right things and getting them there. But we, we focus on execution more than anything. I mean, strategy is good and it helps <laughs> us lead us, give us the path, but right. if you can't execute right, that's what really helps us get there. Right. And I think, you know, one good point you made there too, is that you may have to be the bearer of, it's not even bad news, just different news. You may have to tell somebody, yeah that maybe they're not really fit for sale. And they said, what do you mean? I'm so profitable. And well, like maybe you wouldn't be if you left like the law firms, a good example mm -hmm. you know, with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, people need to hear that. And also just to hear like the strategy combined with the execution. So, and, you know, clearly we can tell just from the show tonight that you, you know, you, this is, you have a solid grasp on this whole um, field, and this, you know, this whole subject matter. So, you know, really good, good stuff. You know, I got to say so far, I'm glad that we're, having this show and having you on tonight um, and, um, you know, just hearing about like how long you've been doing this for uh, some time. Um, we are coming to a, almost at the three minute mark. So I have to give my, my guests like a two minute sort of uninterrupted, you know, like, you know, tell us like how we can reach you. Do you have any podcasts or books you're writing? So I'll even start that clock a little early and say, you know, tell us how to reach you, anything you want to share with us. And then I'll take us out in an outro. But uh, for now, um, yeah, the floor is yours again. How, how would you, what do you want to share with our audience tonight? Well, you know, it's, we've got a few things that we do. If mm -hmm. if you get on our website, exityourway.com, yeah. you're going to find we do live streams, uh, podcasts. We've got the Faces of Business live stream and podcast <laughs> that we do every Tuesday and Thursday. You're going to be on it soon, Eric. And we're going to That's right. um, be on that. And uh, where we where we're interesting uh, business advisors and, and owners talking about things that that really are topics that that prof business professionals hopefully will will educate and entertain a little bit. Um, I also do another show called the Manufacturing E-Commerce Success Series with a, with a co-host, Kurt Anderson. We do those on Fridays. Um, and that really is focused around those industries and around the things that you can do to build more valuable businesses in, the, in those industries. Um, and, and then too, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can just, they can find me on LinkedIn, Damon Pasolko, just like it uh, says if they're watching the video now or, or I'm, I'm the only person with a name like this in the world. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to find me. And uh, you know, my yeah. email is Damon at exitairway.com. So uh, easy to get a hold of. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we're passionate about what we do. We want you to have the information yeah. to make yeah. an informed decision. Just that's what we want you to have to do. Uh, have have because there are you know that that is that is the basis of you doing and, and achieving goals it's having the right information 
really, you know, I, we can see that. Yeah, Damon, for sure. You gave your email, website, you know, your, your podcast. I'm looking forward to being on your podcast. Um, I believe it's September 29th. I'll check my calendar twice, but I'll look forward to being there. Um, and I also just for those that might be <clears throat> listening on the radio or listening to the internet radio, that um, look up Damon Pastolka. It's P as in Peter, I-S as in Sam, T, U-L-K-A. I just don't know if that for those might be maybe listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, so, you know, really good to have that information, Damon. Wow. We are about wrapping up a minute to the end. I just want to take a moment once again to thank you, Damon, for being on the show tonight. You know, great to have you on. And for those out there listening, um, you know, if you liked what you heard, you liked the show, by all means, write in questions the way Lance did. Thank you, Lance, for joining us as well. And if you like the show, Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your clients, tell, tell everyone. Uh, and, and tune in Tuesday nights, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Talk Radio NYC. And stay tuned for more great programming coming up in a few minutes. So once again, just want to say, Damon, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I look forward to seeing you again on the other end of the microphone in about a week and a half. And I wish you a wonderful evening. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.